أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا داود إنا جعلناك خليفة في الأرض فاحكم بين الناس بالحق ولا تتبع الهوى ولا تتبع الهوى فيضلك عن سبيل الله إن الذين يضلون عن سبيل الله لهم عذاب شديد بما نسوا يوم الحساب صدق الله Continuing with the discussion about the aspects to bear in mind so that we do not become the reason for a dispute somebody else's action is not in our control but our actions are in our control and therefore to ensure that we do not become the reason for a dispute or at least we are not the wrong party in a dispute we are not making a claim that is not valid we are not doing something that is incorrect so among the most fundamental aspects in this regard one was the aspect discussed yesterday was the fear of allah taala according to the fear of allah taala a person would then refrain from making any kind of claim that is not valid that he is not entitled to and from that fear of allah taala stems the aspect of adl and justice to the extent that he is concerned about how he is going to answer on the day of qiyamah he will be concerned to be very just not to commit any zulm not to make any unjust demands from anybody so this is an extremely essential aspect if this is missing in a person then he will claim anything he will not be concerned whether he is claiming something that he is entitled to or not and in order to take away somebody else's right he will then get into any dispute the dispute will mean nothing to him he will dispute in order to take away somebody's right he'll take a chance as they say it well if it works out he'll get it otherwise he'll see some other thing some other way so this is obviously an extremely terrible thing it will bring destruction in dunya and akhirat this is something which brings destruction in various ways sometimes that wealth might seem to increase but what it's doing in the process allah forbid and allah save us that it will bring destruction in dunya and akhirat the next aspect to also bear in mind these are some of the points there are many many aspects but some of the things to bear in mind the next aspect is the aspect of akhlaq a person who has his sight on the rewards of akhlaq he understands what it is to forego one's right for the sake of allah taala and what will come in return what it me- what is the benefit of rather humbling oneself these are all aspects of akhlaq the person who possesses good akhlaq oh he sees keeps his gaze on the rewards of good akhlaq if he's not yet naturally in him then he is keeping his gaze on the rewards of good akhlaq and forcing himself to adopt it to gain these rewards with regard to disputes and the aspect of akhlaq hazrat hadim dadullah muhadi makki rahmatullah alayhi he has summarized everything in two aspects and indeed this is only a person with that insight who could have summarized it in two aspects 
And he says that every dispute can be very easily resolved. There is no difficulty in resolving any dispute. But provided that there are two qualities that all the parties adhere to or inculcate within themselves or they live up to, if these two qualities are in the parties that are concerned or they keep their gaze on this, then there is no difficulty in resolving any dispute. What are those two things? Both these things are aspects of akhlaq and very very great aspects of akhlaq. One is tawazu, humility. Our understanding of humility generally is, as we discussed perhaps previously, that some aspects of etiquette. That for example, somebody was allowed to sit first, or somebody was allowed to, or given the right of uh, doing something better first. So, this too is good, but these are etiquettes. This is not the tawazu that Deen wants us to adopt, meaning this is something on a very basic level. Tawazu is something way beyond that. Tawazu is where a person humbles himself for Allah Ta'ala, believing that I am nobody, I am nothing. I am insignificant. So since I am insignificant, what difference it makes? Now to understand this in context, to understand it in the way that we in the light of many disputes that occur, because this tawazu is missing. For example, I wasn't included in some discussion. Some decision was made. My opinion wasn't taken in the matter. As a result, this becomes a major issue. I'm now not prepared to look at the parties, not prepared to make salam to them, because why was I ignored? It wasn't something that was a matter that is going to impact on me directly. One is now something is going to impact on me directly. And I should have been asked, fine. And even then, there's a way to handle it. But this is something which was a more broader issue. If my opinion wasn't taken in the matter, it doesn't impact on me in any real way. But just that, I was now not recognized. I was not given that acknowledgement, that recognition. I was ignored, I was overlooked. So that becomes a major problem. Where does it stem from? This lack of tawazu. If that tawazu was there in the first place, and I came to know later that uh, this decision took place, but I wasn't even consulted, so what? What was necessary to consult me? Is there any obligation on anybody that they must come and ask me everything? It doesn't matter if I'm part of the extended family or what, but am I, is everybody now obliged to first come and check with me? As mentioned, if it's something that's going to impact directly onto me, my rights or whatever, then that's still something. But more often than not, it's not going to have any impact on the person concerned. But this becomes a major problem, major issue that I was ignored, I was not consulted, I was not included in some aspect. So if this tawazu is there, now this is even before a dispute occurs, that will have already prevented the dispute. And if something happened and the person has tawazu, he says, well, it doesn't matter, my right, if it was trampled in some way, this is not something, some monetary right or anything, I can just, what's the matter? What's the matter? It, nothing of my dignity has been lost if somebody said something. If somebody 
did something to me which just apparently was a source of embarrassment or something, let it be. When will this be possible? When there's truly tawazu in a person. And when there's tawazu in a person, the other very important thing will be that he will be ready to acknowledge his wrong when he recognizes it. At some stage, maybe he first didn't know or didn't realize that he was wrong. But as the matter is now getting mediated, or somebody now discussed it with him, that look, what you are doing is not right. Your stance in this matter is wrong. If the person has tawazu in him, as soon as he realizes his mistake, if he didn't know about it from before, had he known it ahead, before that time, that tawazu would make him already not even make a dispute about it. But supposing he was in a misunderstanding, and now somebody pointed it out to him, if this truly tawazu, without any hesitation, he will accept his mistake. He will acknowledge that, yes, I am wrong, and he will come and apologize. And as soon as he apologizes, obviously, the dispute is over. The incident of Sayyidina Abu Bakr ta'ala an and Sayyidina Umar ta'ala an, which we discussed on one occasion previously, just to bring it to the main aspect, that there was some little misunderstanding and this Allah Ta'ala made such instances, though they were rare instances, Allah Ta'ala made these instances happen among the Sahaba, what is for us to focus is not where it started, where it finished off. And this is the remarkable thing about the Sahaba Ikram. Yes, there are rare incidents of a Sahabi having fallen in a sin. But what is for us to consider in that? How it finished off. That it finished off now, that Nabi Wasallam finally passed the judgment. This person comes four times, repeatedly, and saying, Ya Rasulullah, I committed this mistake, tahirni, purify me. I fell into this haram by mistake. Purify me. And Nabi Wasallam is averting this, and he comes a second time, third time, fourth time. Now the law of Allah had to be applied. The law of Allah has applied that this person will be stoned to death. And he's coming confessing on his own. It wasn't that he was brought forcefully by somebody else. And in any case, the law has to be applied. And as he's being stoned, and the blood flies, so somebody says, watch out for the blood of this adulterer. The Islam reprimands him. And says that, if his toba was distributed among all the people of Medina Munawwara, it will suffice for everybody. Now this is that part for us to consider. He made a mistake, but that mistake now was so overwhelming upon him, that it led him to come, though that was not something necessary for him, but Allah Ta'ala's nizam and system was that this era, all the laws of deen also had to become apparent of how this is going to be applied. The Sahaba were the ones who, so to say, presented their lives. That whatever needs to be done to establish deen, our lives are available. But in that, this endorsement of his toba from Rasulullah that what kind of toba also, that is suffice for everybody. Now likewise, many instances of the Sahaba Ikram, the first part of that incident might be something that might seem strange that among the Sahaba this happened. To start off with, these were 
rare incidents, but these were incidents for the end result. Allah Ta'ala made these things happen to show us the end result. Likewise, in this rare occasion, Abu Bakr said something which Hazrat Umar felt hurt about. So because he felt offended, he felt hurt about it, so in order to just diffuse the situation, whatever it was, he woke up from there and walked away. Now this tawazu, to err is human. But then how does this human then handle the situation? Does he acknowledge his fault? Does he rectify the situation? That is a quality of now beyond the ordinary human being. This is an angelic quality. To err is part of insan. As soon as he woke up and walked away, Abu Bakr didn't, he immediately realized my mistake. And as soon as his realization came, whereas he was senior in every respect, and this was in the time of the Saba, in the time of Rasulullah that this rank was already understood by everybody. The Sahaba say that in the time of Nabi Wasallam. This was the way that we ranked the Sahaba. First Hazrat Abu Bakr, then Hazrat Umar, then Hazrat Usman. And Hazrat Ali obviously, thereafter. So he was senior in every respect. But, as soon as he realized, okay, this was a moment that I heard. He immediately woke up and walked behind Hazrat Umar. And he is apologizing that please forgive me, I made a mistake. Umar was a bit upset. By that time, he didn't say anything and he walked away and went away into his house. And he closed the door. Now this was the tawazu that brought Hazrat Abu Bakr to come and ask for forgiveness, despite being senior. Now when the door closed, so what does he do? So he turned around and came straight to the Majlis of Rasulullah On the other side, as soon as Hazrat Umar went away inside his house, he reflected, what I did was not right. Look at this tawazu again, playing his part. To err is human. He also made a mistake. But if a person is now without this tawazu, so then the opposite will be in. There's no vacuum. It's one of the two. It's either day or night. It can't be day and night. So, when the tawazu is missing, the opposite of the tawazu is takabbur. And if the takabbur is in the heart, and a person has said something already, for example, he said that this is white, if everybody is proving it to him that it is blue, but because one time it came out from his mouth that it is white, he will try whatever he can to somehow try and convince everybody, no, it is white. You see, this white, it might be blue, but it's a new shade of white. <laughs> so, in some way or the other, it must still be proved that it is white. Now, this is just an example in a very light sense. But in other words, if the person said that I was right, now he recognized his mistake. He understood, no, I was wrong. But that can never now come on his tongue to acknowledge that I was wrong. Why? Because this takabur will become an impediment. The tawazu is not there. Now the tawazu is missing, it just becomes an impossibility for him to acknowledge his mistake. 
So these personalities were the embodiments of Tawazu. Hazrat Umar reflected what I did was wrong. Man came behind me, came to apologize, and I didn't even say anything. He turned around, came out of his house, and came all the way to the house of Abu Bakr. It is Abu Bakr here. What he came for? He came to apologize. So these two qualities that Hazrat Ibn Abdullah pinpointed, it's not just somebody and anybody that could have really just summarized it that these are the two essential ingredients. But when one looks at all these incidents, then one realizes how deep this is. And how everything is encapsulated in this. Hazrat Umar comes to the house of Abu Bakr Is he here? They know he's not here. So now he also thinks that if he's not here, there can only be one other place he will be. He must Majlis of Nabi Wasallam. So he comes. In the meantime, Hazrat Abu Bakr has already reached. And he has already explained to Nabi Wasallam what happened. Because now he wants Nabi Wasallam to resolve this issue. He doesn't want to remain sitting like this. There has been an issue between him and his brother. This can't remain hanging in the air. This needs to be resolved. He's acknowledging my fault. I said something out of turn. But then I apologized. And he didn't answer anything. So what do I do now? I've come to you. As this matter had just been brought, explained to Nabi Wasallam, Hazrat Umar is approaching. And Nabi Wasallam sees him. And as Nabi Wasallam sees him, his face starts changing color. Because Hazrat Umar this was not correct for him in the manner that Hazrat Abu Bakr was treated. And being the person that he was, the seniority that he had, so Nabi Wasallam was, now his face was changing color. Hazrat Abu Bakr who now brought the complaint, he is observing this. And he realizes what's going on. And he's now suddenly afraid that Umar must not get reprimanded. He must not be taken to task. Now can we imagine this depth of tawazu? That on the one hand, just now, he was the one that brought the complaint. Not complaint in a sense of now to put somebody in trouble, so to say. That this matter needs to be resolved. I can't leave it like this. Between myself and my brother, this matter can't remain lying like this. But now when he realized that this might become a means of Hazrat Umar being reprimanded to show extra concern, he stands up on his knees. This is that tawazu again. And repeatedly says to Rasulullah sallallahu that Kuntu ana azlam ya Rasulullah. Kuntu ana azlam ya Rasulullah. O Nabi of Allah, I was the one who was more at fault. I was the one who was in greater fault, if he erred, my mistake was greater. I was the catalyst for this whole thing. Now, who can bring this on his tongue in this kind of gathering, being on that level of seniority and still say repeatedly, my fault. I was the one who was greater, made the bigger mistake. This is as a result of that inner tawazu. That initial mistake, that was human. And these were rare occasions in the Sahaba. But that Tawazu didn't allow that mistake to remain in that manner. There was a complete acknowledgement and then defending the person who he brought his complaint against. So this is that first ingredient, this ingredient of Tawazu. If this Tawazu is there, if the person knows up front that I am wrong, 
he won't even make a dispute. The dispute won't even start off. He would be humbly just accepting his fault and carrying on. And apologizing in fact. And if he was in some misunderstanding, he didn't realize that it was his fault. And now somebody explained and immediately he became aware that yes, this is my fault. That Tawazu will not allow him to sit in a way that he doesn't acknowledge it. He will be ready to acknowledge his mistake. He will be ready to apologize. So this is that first essential ingredient from the aspects of akhlaq. In order to resolve any dispute easily, if the parties have tawazu in them, then this will very easily get the dispute resolved. If the tawazu is missing, then as mentioned earlier, that if by mistake also it came out from the mouth that this is white, then no matter what other color it might be, anything and everything in the world will not be able to make us make that change that statement and say, no, this is not blue, it's white. So, this is the first aspect. The second aspect is what is known as Isar. These are the two things which Hadith summarized it in. Isar literally means to give preference to the next person. But it is more than just giving preference. Many a times we do things give preference to others. But giving preference to others, why? Because we have some motive behind it. As several times we've taken that example, that we do something for someone now, because this is a good contact. We'll need him later. Anytime there's a need now, there's a good contact. He's connected in high places. So that favor we're doing for him is actually filled with ulterior motives. So that now, as soon as we see now, but this contact is not working. I had one job and this fellow didn't do anything, didn't manage to do anything. Leave this fellow aside, not worth it. The wasted effort. So, the aspect of Isar is that where a person gives preference to others over himself in aspects of dunya, whatever it matter is, with the hope of the reward of Akhirat, with the hope of the mercy of Allah Ta'ala coming to him. Not for the sake of any worldly benefit in return. Purely for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, for the reward of Akhirat, and to get the greatness of, to get the love of Allah Ta'ala in his heart, this is what will make him make this Isar. Or this is what this Isar is all about. And what will make him make the Isar? Allah Qurtubi Rahmatullah explains that this will happen to the extent of the strength of yaqeen. Because now we're talking about akhirat now. Now on the one side, if there's a dispute, for example, there's a dispute over some item, one car, for example, which is worth 50,000 rands. One party is claiming this is mine, the other party is claiming it's his. So the third person comes in, says, okay, whoever is ready to give up this dispute, this 100,000 rands is for him. So that car is worth 50,000. And that person is offering 100,000 to whoever says that he is ready to give up the dispute. I'm sure we'll have to distribute that 100,000 half and half. Or both will say that both want full 100,000 now because they gave up the dispute. Now what made the person give up that dispute in one second? Because he saw that monetary benefit which he understands. He's got the yaqeen of that monetary benefit. And this 50,000 rand thing and here 100,000 
this doesn't make sense to carry on disputing now. So that same yaqeen that a person has in dunya, in the things of dunya, whereas these things, today he's got it, before today sometimes he's gone to. Before he knows it, something happened and whether that will really bring him benefit will become the means of harm, he doesn't even know. But the akhirat, so that yaqeen in the akhirat, that what Allah Ta'ala has promised, this is beyond what I can imagine also. To the extent of that yaqeen in the akhirat, he will be able to make ithar. If that yaqeen in the akhirat is very, very firm and strong and deep, then that kind of ithar will take place, which we read about in the lives of the Sahaba Ikram. The many incidents, giving preference to the next person, even though the person is in his dying moments, the person is in desperate need, and this is the real aspect of ithar. One is generosity, sakha. Generosity, a person spends what is not really difficult for him in any way. A person has 10,000 rands in his pocket and he gave somebody 100 rands, alhamdulillah, he will be rewarded greatly for that. And that's a very good act. That is sakha, it's generosity. But it wasn't anything difficult for him. Out of 10,000 rands, he spent 100 rands. It's an easy thing, it's a very good thing. It's not that this is in any way a small thing. But this is generosity. And there is, after sakha is jood. These are various, in English there is no way to categorize all these things. But this is the depth of the Arabic language. There are different categories for all this. From generosity is jood. Sakha, then is jood. Jood, where a person, he spends a bigger amount, which now is not the easiest things are for him. Because he is also now working out his budgets, but he spent more than what would have been just very easy. It was a bit of a task, or rather some mujahada on him, to have spent that. And then comes on top of that the aspect of ithar, that where a person is in need of something himself, he is in need. And what he was in need of, he gave somebody else preference to. <laughs> These are those examples, that example of that incident of the goat head. It wasn't that person had enough for himself. He was desperately in need, but yet he thought of his fellow Muslim. The Sahabi who was extremely thirsty, he was in need of that water, but he heard his neighbor groaning for water and he said, no, first give it to him. So this is Ithar. And it is stated that this is the highest of Makarim Akhlaq, among the highest aspects of good character. And good character, as discussed in the Juma and other occasions, this is the weightiest thing on the scales of good deeds on the day of Qiyamah. Now can you imagine, good akhlaq in general, good akhlaq in general, is the weightiest things, obviously after the faraiz, the weightiest of all things, on the scales of good deeds, on the day of Qiyamah, that is good akhlaq in general, Isar is among the highest aspects of makarim akhlaq, of good akhlaq. A person who possesses Isar in a dispute, if there's Isar, it's very difficult for any dispute to get left. Because he's looking at the rewards of akhirat and those rewards which we discussed that 
the person who gives up a dispute despite being correct. Banallahu lahu baytan fi wasatil jannah. Allah Ta'ala will build a palace for him in the middle of Jannah. He's got his gaze on this. What difficulty it is for him. Like that 50,000 and dispute, and somebody offering 100,000 to give up the dispute. 100,000 is nothing, say he's offering a million. See, by one million, any amount of disputes I'm ready to give up. Why? Because he's seeing the benefit of that. So likewise, this person has got this yaqeen in the akhirat, and he's got this quality of isar, then for him this becomes a very easy thing. And then there can be no dispute left. So these are the qualities for us to develop within ourselves. When this tawazu will be in us, this isar will be in us, then it will be very easy to stay out of many problems. Very easy to stay out of many issues. And without difficulty, we'll carry on with life, and our life will be much more easier and lighter. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. Subhanallah.